welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is the founder and owner of cliff media awesome person my friend vanessa cliff thanks for coming to the podcast today thank you so much for having me it's good to talk with you and i love the idea of having a safe space for people to be authentic beautiful um the world needs it i and for me it actually started with the pandemic right mm-hmm. um where you know zoom was a thing and and it's kind of ironic because skype was what i used to chat like um originally from nigeria and i lived in south mm-hmm. africa for a while so i talked to people through skype and then so for me it wasn't really new i was doing that before but now taking that and talking to people um and then making it into a podcast i realized when people realize there's no judgment there's no spinning it's just hey what you do i think is pretty cool i want to find out more people tend to share so thanks again for coming yeah absolutely thanks for having me and uh you know i think that that really resonates with what we try to do within cliff media as well is saying when you're participating in porn, because we do community driven porn where people get together and create an authentic vision of the sexuality that they want to see in the world. And I think one of the things that's really important to me is to say, whoever you are, whatever gender or body or whatever you are, whatever your sexual fantasies and desires are, welcome, we love you. You can be your authentic, messy self here. Um, and so I think that that opens up beautiful possibility. Like that is a transformative thing in and of itself it sounds like wow. that we're sharing what we're doing <laughs> okay that answered my first question i was going to say so what is cliff media <laughs> yes cliff media is a porn production company um and i think that it is a unique space in that it is working at the intersection of community organizing and porn production it's a company with a social mission that also produces jackoff material <laughs> um <laughs> But it is, uh, you know, people getting together for group sex um, who are some of whom are content creators and some are folks in the community who just like having fun and expressing themselves sexually. Um, And people are welcome on the basis of being kind and good and not on the basis of having hard abs or big dick or big boobs or whatever kind of normative things the porn industry expects. And then we create uh, fun storylines that explore different themes um, around healthy non-monogamy and joyful kink, loving community, and empowered female and queer sexuality. Hmm. That's wonderful. Have you ever seen the TV show? I think it's called The Deuce. Deuce. Oh, no. I don't know. Tell Deuce? me about it. I, I I might have gone in wrong, but I, or I might be mixing two shows. But the the whole point of the show is that I think it was in New York or whatever back in the day. But anyway, there's this character that she starts out as a porn star, but she just wants to get behind the ca- um the camera to direct her porn. Mm-hmm. And anyway, she makes this movie and it goes on to win awards. I mean, it's a movie and stuff. But mm-hmm. sorry, it's a TV show, but. When you're talking about Cliff Media and what you guys do, I just think of that show. And it might be, I think it's a juice. I really think it's a juice, but it's a great show. You should check it out. Um, When did the idea of creating your own company come? Yeah, so I have been doing porn for about three and a half years. Kind of started in the normative path of, you know, producers hired me, showed up and did the fuck scenes that they wanted. Um, And that was fun. I really enjoyed that. But I also started producing my own content and realize this is a space where I feel excited, that I have the possibility for connecting with who I want to connect with in the ways that I want, building my own creative vision. Um, And then 
really was the beginning of this year where I started hosting big group events. Initially, it was just like, I have the fantasy of having a gangbang. And then I realized that by inviting a bunch of people from the community who are not necessarily involved in the industry, it's also building this community space. And so I started playing with that. And it was this summer, early this summer, that I did a tour throughout four cities and started connecting with people who... Like I would show up and do 15 scenes within a weekend. And there are some people who came and did all of those scenes with me and, you know, were laughing and talking and building community and talking about kink and accepting each other and realizing like there are some people who are really interested in building this thing that this is not just about me and putting my body out there. This is about a vision of what it looks like for people to get together and be authentic Mm. and accepted and loved and then show that to the world on all the spaces uncensored to the rest of the, to all of the world. And so that this summer was starting to form, you know, we have a, a group of like eight to 10 people who get together once a week to, to plan things, to, to coordinate, um, starting to formalize. We have a website that's, you know, in development and working on setting that up. And so through this summer really began to figure out what does it look like for this to be an organization, a company um, that is moving beyond just hosting these one-off events, but is um, has a has a longer-term vision and infrastructure. Mm. Okay, we'll come back to Cliff Media. Let's let's jump in a time machine and go way back. Like, mm-hmm. what was your um, introduction to sex, and what's the bridge between that introduction and now where you are running your own uh, porn porn company? Introduction to sex work or introduction to sex? Sex itself, just sex. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. I'm 32, reverse back to age 14. <laughs> um, I my When I first came out, I was, or when I first had sex, I was in a lesbian relationship, um, came out as bisexual. You know, now I identify as pansexual, but the journey of recognizing that there are more than two genders is a long process. Um, and um, let's see. And then my second relationship with a girl was polyamorous. And realize this makes more sense to me because like my attraction to other people and my desire to connect emotionally doesn't turn off just because I'm in a relationship with other people. Mm. So realizing that that made sense to me. And then when I moved to Washington, maybe nine years ago or so, I uh, contracted what my friends have referred to as dick fever, where I (laughs) fucked, fucked a guy once and then realized, oh, I like this too. And then, you know, got really slutty in a way that initially was really like, I felt a lot of shame about, um, like I found that I really enjoyed like hooking up with five different guys in a week and you know, it's a lot more now, but at the time that was, that was, that was crazy to me. Like I genuinely thought that that was related to mental illness. Um, yeah. and, And I would hide it. Like there was only one person in my life who I told that I was doing this and it wasn't until, I really connected to swinger community and sex clubs and sex parties and realized like, oh, I'm not crazy. This is just contemporary society that tells us that you have to live a certain way. Mm. You have to relate to people a certain way and relate to sexuality. Otherwise, you're not okay. Like you're not doing the right way of living. Um, Mm. And so being able to be part of a community where as affirmed, we're like, yeah, I can be queer, I can be polyamorous, I can be slutty, and all of those things are fun and beautiful as long as I'm doing it consensual, loving way. Um, and so I think just going through that process helped me to open the space of realizing that I can be whoever I want to be and do what I want to do in the world, which created the space to do sex work, porn, and then eventually, you know, have my own production company. So let's... Uh... 
I guess, you know, uh, the audience, there might be people that know sometimes we've talked about and some that might not. So I think what stands out, bisexual is pretty, but like pansexual and polyamory, you want to mm-hmm. break those down a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So pansexual is um, means that I am attracted to people of all bodies and all genders, um, recognizing that there are people who are men and people who are women, but there are also people who are, um, you know, gender queer or third gender or no gender. Um, it, it also sometimes helps to clarify that I'm, I'm attracted to people who are transgender as well, even if that would be someone who just purely identifies as a woman. So it's just a little bit more open term. Publicly, I say I'm pan slash bi just because yeah, there are a lot of people for whom that's a um, an exclusive term because it's not something that is very commonly known. Um, and then polyamorous means uh, attracted to and interested in loving or having sex with multiple people. Um, so uh, as opposed to monogamy, which would be just having a relationship with one other person, I have multiple relationships, multiple partnerships. And then for me, it also means, you know, someone recently asked me what's in between a no strings attached hookup and a relationship. And my answer is infinite things, <laughs> like <laughs> all the ways of possibility that people can have to connect with each other. Okay. <laughs> can you share some of the infinite things? Sure. I mean, you can have a partnership uh, where your primary partners, where you're living together and you're raising kids together. You can have, uh, you know, partnership where you get together and you have deep emotional connection you're in love um, but you don't have life integration you can have friends with benefits who you know have deep life things and also fuck or you can have casual fuck buddy who you just get together and fuck Um, you know there are some people who uh, I know who just will play with other people and do porn and fuck but like won't kiss just there's there's everything like Mm. you could you can connect with people on an emotional and sexual level in whatever way feels right for that particular interaction oh yeah you know you were talking about pansexual and trans and and the men genders and stuff and i'm wondering you know just from your experience and, and what you think like why it is such a hot button topic especially in north america like Mm-hmm. and it, people politicize it like why why is it <laughs> why would you or what are some reasons you think it is such a hot button topic what is a hot button topic uh like you know trans and and um having many genders uh-huh. versus people saying you can either be a man or woman and that's it yeah i mean i think part of it is because gender norms are still so ingrained you know there's some work to undo that but women still do a disproportionate share of the labor um, in the household Um, there's still norms around who initiates um, relationships and sexual interactions and those are some of the things that we try to undo but I think being transgender and being genderqueer disrupts that altogether Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it so it it is um, it's often seen as a threat to the way that power is currently distributed. Um, And I also think that there are some men for whom um, like the toxic masculinity makes it a source of fear um, to interact with being someone who is transgender um, that, um, you know, a man is is taught to be straight and to not interact with other men. And and so um, understanding what it looks like when someone's body doesn't fit within the confines of um, normative masculinity, it just, it, 
it creates a mindfuck for people who are like trying to live within this normative structure. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like the thing with the the beer is like what. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and sex work. How how did that begin for you? Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, <laughs> my an ex's ex and I were very close friends. Um, in the genre of like relationships can look all kinds of ways, and she actually gave me a book that was about camming and i devoured the book in one day and i was like "Ooh, like what's the book called i wish i could remember i need to look this up but anyway it was a um i i didn't expect to have any connection to it but then i kept thinking about it i was like why not like this for this i you know and i had all the shame that people attached to sex work even though i had previously been involved in sex worker rights organizing but it's still oh okay that's a wow that's a curveball yeah yeah because i think that there's still a like i mean and it goes it goes to the queer world too like i accept gay people but i'm not gay i accept sex workers but i'm not a sex worker and so it took a process for me to realize like i could do that and maybe not shame myself actually you know i did it and then i unlearned the shame attached to be doing sex work um so did camming and then tried out a porn shoot. I was, it was like the most basic porn shoot you could possibly do. I just lie there and get a happy ending massage. And I was still shaking. <laughs> so when people come to Cliff Media shoots and they're saying, I'm nervous. I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could perform. I'm like you, the fact that you're here and you're not shaking means that you're already doing better than I was at my first shoot. Um yeah, but then I also realized, like, especially after I did my first foursome shoot, I was like, as an extrovert, as a like hypersexual person, as a performer, like, this is fucking my jam. <laughs> and then, I mean, it is, you know, relatively easier to just show up, do the work, call it a day, versus there's pre-production, there's production, there's post, there's distributing, there's marketing, and you're like, okay, no, I want to take control of all of that Mm -hmm. yeah it is a lot of work (laughs) it's like porn is maybe five to ten percent having sex and all the rest of the stuff the community organizing is one huge part of it but then like you said there's video editing there's there's picture editing there's marketing there's um like business infrastructure uh website development i do not enjoy you know like processing taxes and paperwork but that's a reality to be able to do the work um, and so it's been a huge learning process. And also in some ways, I love that because it is using every part of my brain and body. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. No. So, um, I mean, apart, apart from the act itself, these other admin stuff, are they, yeah, are they things you absolutely, or is there something you absolutely hate? And is there something you absolutely enjoy doing? Yes. So I am a people person (laughs) through and through. Like I uh, enjoy being around people and connecting with people. And also I know that there are some things that I simply, it's not worth my time or not worth my emotional energy to try to learn, but Mm -hmm. I can connect with people and find the right people who I trust. For example, I just actually got off the phone with a guy in LA who is like a kinky queer mess, but also is really uh smart about tech and legal stuff and so he helps to build the website and take care of some of the communications with payment processors and i'm just like alex tell me what to do and i will do whatever (laughs) you say because 
I, I just trust him that he and I share the vision and he has the knowledge. And so it just takes care of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you know, community is something that is important to Cliff Media. Mm-hmm. But um, how do you, I don't want to say vet, but kind of vet the people that you led into, into your circle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so we Cliff Media has four values and one of them is... Uh, that every good-hearted person is in. So what we look for in people is who are people who are loving and welcoming and consent conscious and um, understand the desire to undo shame and undo all of the negative junk that's heaped on people um, mm. and want to pour in, like have the heart to want to pour into a vision of something else, of, of acceptance and community. Um, and so it's it's really about that, like, are people kind and want to show up i'm also an intuitive person so it's not like there's no checklist so it's just like who who do we connect with who who feels right in this space and it's been beautiful like we just put on um women in lgbtq shoot week um in portland i could not have imagined such an incredible successful space like we had 20 no like 29 people roll through for four days of nine orgy shoots um, that were produced by eight different people who just took turns producing each of the scenes. Um, And it was beautiful, incredible community space that could not possibly have happened had it not been like eight people who on a total volunteer basis with no financial backing, um, just pouring their hearts into all of the work of organizing this and something transformative incredible comes out of that and people still saying like that was messy and complicated and hard and let's do it again like when are we gonna <laughs> when are we gonna do the next one okay so you're like this hub right with the wheels hanging and it's one thing for you to you know have a vibe being tweetive and bring these people in um talking about like the week like the week you had how do you you know this they might connect to you but connecting to the other 20 whatever people like how do you navigate that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's hard right like so i talked about the four values one of the other ones is that it's okay to be messy um and that means both sexually because sex is messy in all the different ways but also in community organizing that like we're gonna mess up we're gonna say the wrong things we're gonna hurt each other like one of the things that we say um, so we did a I, I, we did a lot of opening conversations at each uh, porn shoot, and uh, you know it's 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 probably not it's the kind of thing where it was a normative porn production. They'd be like, "This is fucking boring. Like, what are you all doing here?" Because we had long conversations. Like, are we having therapy? Or are we fucking? <laughs> I mean, yes. Like we have therapy, and then we have the sex because then we're connected to each other. Like right. there was there was like long consent conversations around like the hell yes and the no's and the identity and, and what you're feeling today. There was like talking about what our values are and, and having kind of work exercises and so on. But one of the things that we share as an example is that there was one time in a shoot earlier on in this process um, where I first met this incredible uh, long-term sex worker and organizer and leader, uh, Pixie, who is in Portland. Um, and she and I were doing a gangbang together. And um, during the scene, um, I got a mouthful of cum, you know, I come from like traditional porn background. And so when you have a mouthful of cum, you find someone else who wants to eat the cum and you have a cum kiss with them. And so I turn to Pixie and I just go, um, we come and and share the kiss. Um, And so one of the things that we talked about during shoot week is like, Pixie doesn't like cum in her mouth. And actually I messed up 
because that was not a consensual interaction. I just like went at her with a mouthful of cum. And so that allows us to say afterwards, Pixie and I had a conversation. I realized we figured out how to repair that relationship. And it's okay to mess up like that as long as you have a way to continue in process together. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, I mean, I think it all boils down to that safe space because if you're in a place where you feel there's a psychological safety, when you speak, people are going to listen and consent is key, then people are more um, relaxed and more feel more free to be themselves or to experiment or try new things. Um, so one word that you've said a lot is gangbangs. What do you love about them? I mean, I am an extrovert. I am uh, love being around other people and I love being pushed. Like I run marathons and I think of gangbangs sometimes as kind of similar, just like I want to find the limits of my my body and my emotions. And, and also it's just like really being in the moment. Like there's so much junk going on in my head. I think that's a really common experience. And when I am like being filled in all my holes and surrounded by people and like, you know, also kind of entertaining and connecting with people, um, I'm just in the moment. Like there's nothing else that I can think of other than what is right here. And that feels really, really good. Um, yeah. And then I also think there's a show, social space and an opportunity to like affirm to everyone in the room. I want you like, as long as you are a good kind person, literally I am attracted to you. I want you, I want to be fucking and kissing you and, and interacting you with in all these ways. And so that, that does feel good too. So shame is also something you mentioned a lot of, <laughs> Um, how I don't want to say overcome it, but how did you navigate it and how do you help the people that you work with through it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I appreciate that you said it's, it's about navigating and not just overcoming because, you know, there are times where I think like, yeah, like I own myself, like I own that I'm slutty and, and sexual and a sex worker and all these things. And then there are some days where like, I feel like crap about it and, or like, you know, um, someone saying something negative online and sometimes it bounces off of me and sometimes like it sticks and it goes back to the junk because shame is so deeply ingrained in us collectively um for all the ways about people who are larger people of different races people of different genders like all the things that come become junk of like oh i'm not attractive or oh i'm i'm um uh you know too sexually active or you know sexually active in the wrong ways um and so it's hard. I think we can state in orgy spaces and in, in production spaces, you are welcome. We love you. You're you like, for example, when we have people apply to shoots, I do not want people to send me pictures of themselves because I don't want any degree of judgment around people's oh. bodies or identities. I want to know their STI results. I want to know that they're willing to sign consent forms and release forms. But beyond that, like we don't want a judgment space. It's just, can you come and love on each other? And that in that way, you're welcome. And then after that, it's just like, it's a process of challenge. It's like, how can we build a space where people are affirmed, where we're undoing like big bodies are sexy, where we're, um, you know, undoing, undoing the shame related to that, to people's different sizes, to, to people being like, my dick is not get, getting hard. What do I do? And it's like, that's cool. There are a whole bunch of other ways of having sex and just putting your dick in somebody. Um, and so like, it's a learning process collectively together to undo so much shame that's heaped on all of us. Mm. So, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned like uh, with the week of the shoot you had, you had like eight people helping to produce mm -hmm. um, on volunteer basis. But do you have a core, I guess, team that you work with for 
um, as part of Cliff Media? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I come from scrappy grassroots organizing um, where people just kind of like get together and do the things because they love each other. Mm -hmm. um, but we are also recognizing that, you know, this is a business and it helps to have formalized titles and roles. And so as we're building up the website and, um, you know, formalizing what we do, we have identified like we have an executive producer who's an incredible trans woman, um, Zena Sophia. Um, the person that I mentioned in, in New York is our chief technical officer, Alex. Um, we have some other people who are um, working as a lead videographer and executive designer. And so we're kind of fleshing out these roles of people who um, have been doing a lot of work for the past four to six months and now are formalizing their ongoing relationship with Cliff Media as leaders. Yeah, no, you were mentioning, I'm just thinking, um, do you, when you're part of the scene, do you direct, do you ever direct scenes that you're part of, or when you're part of the scene, someone else has to direct the scene now? Mm -hmm. So we do something that is maybe a little bit different or silly um, compared to the standard point shoot that you would expect in a professional production setting, which is that I really value directing from within the scene. Um, so whether that's me directing or someone else, like in the case of the shoot week, we were really trying to um, explore other multiple people taking turns producing and directing. But so you people will have a concept of the scene before and sometimes a little bit of a script, but mostly it's just kind of a fleshed out beginning, middle and end storyline. Um, and then within the scene, using affirmative consent because we talk a lot about the fact that consent is both saying no but it's also learning how to ask for the yes and so the director is really leading that asking for the yes so for example if you want someone like a basic thing like if someone else is supposed to come into the room at a time and they're not coming in because they've forgotten because we're working with amateur folks who are not like practicing actors then you'd be like man i wish someone would come and be with me and that reminds and cues the person to come in or like if uh, you know, you want two people to interact and be like, oh, it would be really hot if this person was sucking this dick. And so that people can choose not to do what you're saying because it's consent and the enthusiastic consent in the moment is more important than the end product of the porn. But it gives the person who is the director an opportunity to propose what is going to happen next in the scene. Mm. You you have, I'm um, just thinking logistics here, you have 29 people, 40s, I think you said, that's a lot of footage, right? How do you decide what stays and what is in the final product? <laughs> uh, a lot of time spent staring at uh, video editing. Um, and I laugh just because that's been like my grind for the last few days that I'm just in the video editing minds. Um, and um, one thing that's beautiful right now is that we're um, kind of learning together. Um, so I, I used to have someone else who's doing videoing. I've taken on a lot of it and now kind of teaching some of the other folks that are part of the crew and distributing that labor um, so that we can all work together on video editing. And it's, it is hard because um, there's lots of different factors to consider. There's like what will sell uh, knowing that there's a wide range of viewership and what people are looking for. And then what puts our message out, what is inclusive to represent different bodies and people who are there Um and sometimes it's easier. Like sometimes, um, you know, we have one lead videographer who's pretty good about like, he'll just do one straight shot of the whole thing that's happening. And then there are some times where we have like so much is going on. Um, 
like we had a Halloween party scene where there were 19 people who showed up that particular day and there was wow. fucking happening in all different spaces because people are attracted to each other. And so there's like, we had two videographers probably could have had three or four. <laughs> and it's just, there's so much. And so it is, it is like figuring out how do we tell a, a storyline that makes sense while also including different people while also like getting the types of content that like is, is, salacious enough to get <laughs> get the attention and the viewership mm. yeah story storyline um do you have a concept of what the story is and do you stick with it throughout does it change do you adapt what happens with your stories mm-hmm. yeah so the storyline concept is really important to me it initiated simply because when i jack off to porn that's what i jack off to <laughs> is the scenarios Um, But it became increasingly, I realized that it is a way that helps us to say something with what we're doing. So it is about a bunch of people just getting together and having fun, but it's also imagining a certain situation or saying, saying something out of it. So for example, the Halloween party scene um, was, I was a uh, like slutty unicorn um, coming into a party where people are hanging out. And then like, I am so horny and turned on that I kind of get people under the dance floor. And like, it turns on, it's, it's going undoing the shame process. It's learning like, Oh, we can be sexy and slutty all together. And then like, I, you know, want to be beat up and want to be like kinky in a way. So I'm like going down the rabbit hole of all my sexuality. And, and the, like, you know, there were some femdoms there who had like a really good time flogging the fuck out of me. And so kind of like exploring that, um, as a storyline but it wasn't that wasn't entirely the plan like part of it is like who's in the room where is the sexuality going where do people want to go um, and so it starts with an arc and that arc allows us to tell us tell a certain message but then because we're not hiring actors and we're not scripting and we're not like telling people what to do we're encouraging people to explore their authentic authentic sexuality mm-hmm. the people stay within character but it progresses based on what what is possible with the people who are there mm, there's so, some like beautiful chaos yeah yeah it's kind of like we have this guideline mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens as this scene unfolds type thing yeah absolutely there was another one that was um uh, a spiritual impregnation scene so the woman i mentioned <laughs> Zena sophia she's she's a trans woman who has always wanted to be pregnant and wants to have a kid biologically and just physically can't Um, And so she scripted a scene where she was imagining that she was impregnated um, through the spiritual process, through people coming in her ass and coming in her mouth. Um, And, you know, it turned out that probably only half the people who showed up had biological dicks and ability to come. And so it, it, it became this thing was like, it was initially spiritual impregnation through come in different parts of her body. And then it had a whole nother layer of spiritual impregnation through dildos that may not even be able to come, but we can adapt and explore that based on, you know, shifting the social imagination. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Okay. And then you, you mentioned, uh, we talked a bit about your sex journey your sex work journey. What's your kink journey? Mm. Uh, hmm. <laughs> if when I was in a relationship with a woman, when I was 17, I remember she started talking about, being interested in BDSM and I was like what you like wearing leather (laughs) um like that you know that not knowing anything about it and feeling really confused and and I think it wasn't really until maybe you know eight nine years ago or so that I started 
realizing that I liked playing with power dynamics and I like playing with pain and pushing my body. And um, yeah. And so now like a lot of my um, sexual interactions um, do have some ex- play with like, what does it look like um, around um, being submissive and dominant? I, I, I enjoy being submissive both as like a um, service and caring of the other person, um, but also just like pushing my limits and um, being like giving myself over to someone, take, allowing someone else to take control and seeing where they can push that. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it, and it's been interesting and beautiful c- to connect with other people, especially within the porn space where there's so much desire to explore different things, novelty um, to see um, like where, where are some of the things that I normally would not have engaged with um, actually turns out, Oh, I'm really into this when I allow myself to be open and explore it. Mm. I think it boils down to exploring and exploration has led you to now running your company. And um, what, I mean, you've had this successful shoot. What are some other things in the pipeline for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, right now we're doing a little bit of the, there's the roller coaster, there's the waves of like, we had a huge pouring into developing, um, you know, we had a shoot week in Seattle and then in Portland. And so now we're kind of doing the processing the materials and the putting things out and gearing up again um, next year. Well, I guess I should say that on November 18th, we have a, a gangbang in Seattle that's open to everyone. Cause I wanted to kind of have uh you know, a, a space that reaffirms that, yes, we had a queer only space in Portland that allows to mentor some of the people who are queer into being more um, leaders in porn production. But also we are a company that welcomes everyone. So November 18th, if you were not welcome in Portland, come and fuck <laughs> on, in Seattle. Um, but then starting in the new year, we're going to be doing um, tour of four different cities Um in uh, the southwestern United States, um, in the summer, we're planning a um, eastern, um, east coast set of uh, cities, and then we'll do another women and LGBTQ shoot week in August. And so, I think a lot of it is like there's both women and queer only spaces, and then women and queer led spaces. And ideally, we're moving towards mostly women and queer led spaces, but it's important in terms of leadership development and comfort to have those only spaces sometimes as well. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, when in the only place, you know, especially for people that are either starting out, they feel a whole lot more comfortable versus the lead spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's some degree um, to which, you know, it can be really intimidating for uh, a woman or a queer person who is walking into a room of a lot of cisgender straight men um, and doing porn at the same time and sometimes doing group sex for the first time to navigate all of that power dynamic and fear and shame at the same time. And so having mm-hmm. a safe space first where people can experiment with their porn and their um, power helps to prepare. Do you um, ever get situations where people are like, I want to shoot, but I don't want to show my face or, you know, or my tattoos or something. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I generally encourage people to show their face if they feel comfortable, just because I love capturing connection and making out and all the parts of being a person. But yeah, if people are welcome, um, are welcome to wear a mask if they prefer to, um, if they, for whatever reason, want to hide their identity. Mm. Um, and oh, yeah, distribution. So it's done. It's ready to go. Where do people watch your stuff? <clears throat> Yeah, so people can watch right now um, 
parts of the videos are up on Pornhub. The full videos are on my OnlyFans page and others' um, uh, pages. And then hopefully soon, once we finish uh, some of the development and payment processing, it'll be on VanessaCliff.com, which will be the hub of Cliff Media. What are some things, you know, when that website is ready, what are some things you're hoping to have on, on your website? Yeah. So, of course, we'll be able to sell the videos and people can either have membership to stream or to download. Um, uh, but also uh, there people can apply to participate in uh, shoots, uh, get more information about what release forms look like, what our process looks like, the FIQ page about what it's like to be at the shoot. And then we'll also have a uh, blog space um, where, uh, you know, I write a lot, but also other folks in the group um, and other members of the community can contribute articles about things related to our four themes. So um, healthy non-monogamy, joyful kink, loving community, and empowered female and queer sexuality. And so lots of things that will help people to um, share their ideas around um, those things, especially as we learn together as a community. So, yeah, I mean, my mind goes back to the number of people, the number of days, and then you're talking of travels that are happening. So there's a lot of logistics involved. What is the typical process of preparing before, during, and after your shoot? Hmm. Hmm. A lot. <laughs> uh, it's a big question. I'm trying to think of how to break it down. I mean, it, first of all, it's it's community organizing, right? Like it's people ask, how do you get so many people to turn out? And it's like the same thing that you would do to get people to turn out to any kind of community event. It's like, in order to get X number of people there, you have to get X times four number of people to say yes. Um, and then the added difficulty of like encouraging people to get their STI results, because one of the things that we do is if you don't have STI results that are recent enough, you, you just simply cannot show up for the safety of everybody there. Um, and so that's a lot of processing. Um, we advertise on all the sites, so FetLife and Twitter and Reddit and so on, and people can apply. Um, and then logistics, like we're a scrappy grassroots organization, so I'm not paying for hotels and, and uh, you know, like fancy whatever. It's like this is happening in people's homes. This is people contributing their volunteer labor and their, you know, this is, this is community building, right? So organizing all of those things is a lot. And then one of the things that was new that we experimented with, but I think worked really beautifully in Portland, was that because we are committed also to people being able to participate in in spite of their income levels, we did a lot of coordinating of so people who are coming from out of town, we had people coming right. nationally and internationally. So we got them housing within the community, like different people hosted people to stay with them. And then we had coordinated transportation and rides. So it was a lot. <laughs> um, but I think worth it because it's it's a different kind of inclusive space than like, you know, wealthy white men who want to come to a gangbang can pay a hundred dollars at the door. It's just a totally different model. Um, I mean, you're, you doing a lot. And, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of community building involved. So I'm curious, what does community mean to you and how do you go about building your community? Yeah. Um, it's interesting that I recently was talking with someone for whom that word actually was hard, like felt like a, a term of baggage that they've had negative experience with people trying to build community. And I think that part of the thing that they were describing that some people have is the idea of it being exclusive, that it's like some people are in and some people are out. Um, and so I really try to undo that it's like it's a loose thing it's not like 
community is different than an organization or a company. It's like, how do we build these messy relationships that are kind of like me bringing people together, but is like way beyond me. It is like, and it should be that people are connecting with each other and, you know, bringing people in. And sometimes it makes sense in certain spaces for people to be together and not. And I think it's a hard thing. Like, like for me, like I, you know, financially cliff media is really hard <laughs> um, right now. Like it's a startup. It's, but I feel wealthy because I have never felt so, connected to other people like I don't feel alone and I feel like we're in this together which is an intangible mm. thing like you can't write that into a spreadsheet that's just a, a sense a feeling of people like holding on to each other and and persisting in spite of things being messy wow so you're a busy lady and you have a lot of footage to edit <laughs> so I'm gonna let you go but not before I ask this question uh, someone else in the audience is watching and they're like, hey, you know, I feel so inspired and I want to maybe get into sex work or, or get into porn or, or even start my own production company. What, what advice would you share with that person? Um, you're beautiful and can totally do it regardless of who you are, who your body is. So undo the ideas that people typically give you that you have to be any kind of way to be successful in porn your body is already good. Um, and beyond that, like, be ready for it to be really hard at the beginning. If you don't make money at the beginning, that's not you failing. That's just sex work is hard. Like the idea that, oh, you're gonna sign up for OnlyFans, you can get money quick. Like, it, stay with it, and then find your people, like the way to grow and to be successful and to emotionally sustain yourself through not only the financial challenge of this process, but also the stigma that is attached to sex work. Like you got to have your people in order to get through to be successful at this. Vanessa, it's always great chatting with you. Thank you, you so much well. for sharing and uh, coming to the sanctuary today. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to talk with you. Mm -hmm.